The following audio is from Delta Church in Springfield, Illinois. Our purpose is to proclaim the gospel through the church to a world that needs Jesus Christ. We pray this sermon will aid and encourage your daily walk with Jesus. For more information about Delta, you can visit us online at deltachurch.net. You guys might regret giving me a microphone. We'll see. Okay. Well, good morning. I think I know most of you in the room, but my name is Andrea Jordan for anybody that doesn't know me. And I am really excited to be able to speak to you ladies about uh, this morning about loving on other moms. As Mallory said, we have a lot of moms in our church, but I also have a lot of special moms in my life. I am a mother of two very wild little boys, and I just feel that I have been loved incredibly well by other moms in my life. And a lot of what you're going to hear me say this morning is really just a lot of stories about ways that other women have encouraged me. Um, Navigating motherhood is one of the most challenging things I've ever done. But luckily, I haven't had to do it alone. I have amazing friends and family members who have come alongside me and helped me and supported me. So I'm going to try to share with you this morning some things that I think that we can do to support one another. I'm just going to start us off by praying. Father, I thank you so much that you have provided for me women that have been a support system. I pray that you would help us this morning to encourage one another and to deepen our friendships. God, would you speak through me this morning, and I ask that my words and our discussions this morning would ultimately bring you glory. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to start us off with a little activity here. We are going to label ourselves as moms, okay? We're going to, we're going to decide what type of mom are you. So I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to have you answer them to yourself. You can just answer them in your mind, okay? I'm not asking you to reveal anything deeply personal out loud. If you are not yet a mother or maybe you haven't reached a certain stage that I'm talking about, just kind of think to yourself, what do you think you would do in the future? Or what did you do in the past, maybe, if you're a little further down the road, okay? So I'm going to ask, so here's my first question. You, again, just answer these in your mind. Are you a cloth diapering mom or a disposable diapering mom? Are you a homeschooling mom or a public schooling mom? Are you a breastfeeding mom or a bottle feeding mom? Are you a stay-at-home mom or a working mom? Are you a co-sleeping mom or a cry-it-out mom? Are you a helicopter mom or a free-range mom? Are you a regular mom or a cool mom? That was a Mean Girls reference. I'm probably the only person that thought that was funny. Okay, now, just think for a moment. Let's be honest with ourselves. Were there any of those things that when you, when you answered them to yourself, you felt, yeah, I feel good about this, right? I feel this real sense of pride. I'm a breastfeeding mom, right? Or I'm a working mom. Or maybe, maybe you felt the opposite. Some of the aspects of your parenting, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm not really too proud of that. Sometimes we cling too tight to these labels, and we forget our real identity in Christ. Finding our identity in how we parent instead of finding our identity in Christ leads us to comparison and keeps us from closeness. I'm going to say that again. Finding our identity in how we parent instead of finding our identity in Christ leads us to comparison and keeps us from closeness. Motherhood is already filled with so many decisions, and it feels that as though we're living in a time that we have to defend our choices so much, even when it comes to mundane things like diapering, that we begin to really identify 
with our decisions, right? And so this leads us to compare. We all do this. I know I do this. I turn on the TV to put on a show for my kids, and I'll think to myself, oh, I bet so-and-so never lets her kids watch TV, right? (laughs) We can't help it. But ladies, the most important thing about us is not how we parent. The most important thing about us is that we have been rescued by Jesus Christ. Every single one of us in this room fails to meet God's law. Romans 3, the verse is escaping me, you'll have to forgive me, but Romans 3 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us in this room does not keep God's law perfectly, which means that every single one of us in this room does not parent perfectly. The most important thing about us is not how we parent. Comparison threatens our identity, and it forces us to put these walls up, right? Finding your identity in Christ tears those walls down and allows us to rest. We do not have to trust in our own performance. We can trust in Christ's performance. Finding your identity in Christ frees you to love other moms well and have genuine relationships. And one point that I'm really going to try to drive home today is that closeness is crucial to loving other moms well. Okay, now... Why do I say that closeness is crucial to loving other moms well? Well, I'm going to ask you a question. Just going to ask for a show of hands here. Think about a time maybe you've had a friend that's going through a busy or difficult season. You've had a friend and you've said to them, hey, let me know if I can do anything to help you, but that friend has never called back and said, yes, I need this. Raise your hand if that's ever happened to you. You've made that offer. It hasn't been acted upon. Okay, so most of us in the room. Or think about the flip side. Have you ever been the one going through a busy or difficult season and someone has said to you, hey, let me know. If I can do anything, but you haven't, haven't taken them up on that. How many people have experienced that? Okay. Why is that? I think that the reason that we so often do not accept help from one another is because it can feel awkward, right? We don't want to put anyone out. We feel bad asking for help, right? You don't want to just text somebody like, hey, could you uh, go do my grocery shopping for me? Right? That just feels a little bit strange. Typically, the people that we are most willing to lean on are the people that we're the closest to. When I was a brand new mom and I had this little baby and I didn't know what I was doing and I was tired all the time, my sister is a teacher, she was off in the summer so she had a lot of free times and she would come over to my house for hours a day and hold my baby so I could shower or sleep, right? And I didn't care, I didn't feel bad about it. I didn't care that she was seeing me in my sweatpants with no makeup on just falling apart, right? I didn't care because we're close. It didn't make me feel bad, it didn't make me feel awkward. The people that we are willing to lean on are the people that we are closest to. Which means that in order to really love well and to be loved well, we need to have intimate relationships. For me, some of my closest friendships have developed from being in church and more specifically being in a community group. But for some of you, you may have other opportunities to to build friendships with your coworkers or your neighbors or parents of your kids' friends. So one question I want everybody to think about today is this. Do I have two to three women in my life that I feel truly close to? Women that I check in on? Women that I pray for? Do I have two to three women in my life checking in on me and praying for me? If the answer to that question is no, my hope and my prayer for you today is that you would find opportunities to build those relationships with people. 
So before I go on to talk about how to love well, I want to just quickly discuss who to love well. Okay, who are these moms that we should be loving well? Because it is important to remember that motherhood comes in many forms. Okay, ladies, so I just want to remind us, it is important for us to care for single moms, foster moms, the super moms who have it all together, the first-time moms that are falling apart, moms who have miscarried, women who are longing to be moms. We also need to love unbelieving moms. This is not just a discussion about Christian women helping other Christian women. Okay, motherhood has sets of challenges and hardships for every woman. So today I'm primarily going to talk to you about the two ways that we can love women in our lives, loving them with actions and loving them with words. So we'll, we'll start by talking about loving our mom friends with actions. So now for some of you, loving people with your actions, that may feel incredibly daunting, right? You may be sitting there thinking, I do not have the time or the energy to be reaching out to other people. And I, I totally understand that. Taking action and making sacrifices for other people can be incredibly hard when you have your own family that you're taking care of. I know I personally often feel so tired that it keeps me from reaching out to other people. But I want to share a story with you about um, something that happened to me, and I think it's a really good picture of how we can treat each other. So some of you may know I like to do CrossFit, and uh, in CrossFit gyms we do what are called hero workouts, okay? So hero workouts are workouts that are meant to be particularly difficult, and they're named after heroes, typically military service members, okay? So on Memorial Day weekend, my gym and many others around the country do this workout that's called Murph. It's named after a Navy SEAL, Michael Murphy. Um, if you've ever seen that movie Lone Survivor, he's kind of the one that goes up to the mountain and sacrifices himself to make that phone call. So this workout is named after him, and it's a one-mile run, followed by a whole bunch of pull-ups and push-ups and air squats, and then another one-mile run at the end. Um, so this Memorial Day weekend, I, I did this with a whole big group at my, at my gym, okay? And... Um, well, I'm not the world's best athlete, so this was particularly uh, difficult for me, but I was getting through it. I had gotten through most of it. I did my one-mile run. I did my pull-ups, my push-ups, my air squats, and I was on my last mile run, and man, I was struggling. It was hard. It was hot, and I was just feeling like I was not even going to get through that last mile. And I was on my mile route, and I kind of could, could see the, the gym in sight, my finishing point, and I saw that a lot of the people that had already finished the workout were standing at the door and clapping and cheering everybody on, you know, trying to keep everybody motivated to finish. And I looked over and I saw two of my girlfriends that had already finished before me, big surprise. And um, they were doing that. They were clapping and cheering along with everybody else. But then one of my girlfriends did something really amazing. She looked out at me and she saw in my face, I'm sure that I was tired and struggling. She ran out to where I was and she finished the mile with me. And it really got me thinking about something. I made me feeling tired. But is there someone in my life that's feeling more tired? My friend, she had already done her workout. She was exhausted. She needed a minute to catch her breath. But she came and she ran alongside me. She said, you can do it. Pick up your feet. Keep moving. You're almost there. You may be feeling tired. I understand. But is there someone in your life that's feeling more tired? And if there is, I would encourage you to try to find some way to reach out. Now, I do want to be careful to say that it is important to recognize when you are the one that is more tired. I'm not saying this to lead everybody to burnout, okay? Everybody needs to be served. 
at some point. And if that's you, please, by all means, let other people serve you. Now, one thing that I really think is cool about uh, serving other women is it gives us this unique opportunity to bear God's image. Now, I have to confess, this is a concept that's been a little fuzzy to me in the past, this idea of bearing God's image. I think it's something that I've kind of known. Okay, I, I know I'm an image bearer of God. I know I was created in God's image, but it wasn't really until this last year that I really got a lot of clarity on what that means. What are the practical ways that I can and do bear God's image, right? So, for example, how can we bear God's image in serving other moms? Um, so I'm going to read a little passage here from this book, Glory in the Ordinary. Uh, this is a really good book I read recently. I don't know if any of you have read it. I would really recommend it. And this book primarily just focuses on what, uh, the, the ways that the things that we do as moms and caring for a family and caring for a household uh, um, honor God. And so I want you to just consider the example of bringing another family a meal. This is what the book says. God has directly provided nourishment for his people since creation. He rained manna and quail from the sky. He brought the Israelites to the land flowing with milk and honey. But he's also provided for his people through others. Boaz provided for Ruth. The widow of Zarephath fed Elijah by the hand of God. In the New Testament, we see the declaration of Jesus' deity through how he made abundant food out of very little and turned water into wine. Sometimes God provides miraculously by raining food from the sky or turning little into much. But more often than not, he provides through others. We are a part of that provision. When you bring a family a meal, you are acting as a provider. When you help a friend clean her house, you are bringing order out of chaos. These are things that God does, and these are things that we can do as well to honor him. So now when it comes to practical advice, you may be thinking, okay, so now what are some of the practical ways I can really help my friends that are struggling? Well, I'm not really going to share too much about practical ways to help people. I think most of you could probably think of a way to help a friend in need based on their circumstances. There's lots of things we can do. We already talked about making a meal. You can give rides, offer to babysit, provide financial support. I'm confident that most of you in the room could probably think of a way to help somebody if they were going through a hard time. But the practical advice that I do want to give, to give you today is this. If you really want to help someone, make a specific offer. Um, earlier this year, my husband um, threw out his back. He tends to um, have issues with back pain in general, but he, he threw out his back, and he was really locked up for about a week. Um, he had to kind of just lay flat, and there wasn't really a whole lot he could do to help me with the kids and around the house. And typically, he does quite a lot. He comes home from work. He helps me clean up dinner, get the kids in their pajamas. You know, he picks up toys so that when we put the boys to bed, I can just sit down and relax. Um, but this particular week, he just wasn't really able to help me do those things. So I was feeling pretty tired. I was kind of stressed out, you know. Um, and my friend, Bobby Jean, knew that I was kind of having a week like this. And she also knew that I needed to be at Bible study on time on a particular night. We were in the middle of a ladies' Bible study. So she knew that maybe getting there on time might be hard for me if I was putting the boys to bed on my own and doing dinner on my own and all those kinds of things. And she sent me a text early in the day and said, Hey, friend could I come over tonight and help you do dishes and put the boys to bed? And ladies, I'll tell you, I wept when I got that text message because I did want that help. And it was so easy for me to just say, yes, that would be great. I didn't have to call her and say, hey, can you come over tonight and help me do this thing? Would you do my dishes? That would feel awkward. But she made a very specific offer. Can I come at this time? Can I do this thing for you? 
And all I had to do was say yes. And I let her do that, again, because we have a close friendship. I did not feel bad letting her help me. So if you want to help someone, maybe instead of saying something like, hey, let me know if you need anything, try to think of a specific thing that you can offer. Hey, I made a meal for you. It's already done. I made it. Is there a time in the next couple days I can drop it off? I'm free Friday night. Can I watch your kids for a few hours so you can rest? One thing that I like to do if I know my girlfriends have sick kids is offer to get them something from the store, right? Because that's a pain when your kids are sick to drag them out if you need something from the store. And this is an easy way for me to serve. I go to Target about four times a week. So um, if you're ever like, hey, I wonder where Andrea is or what she's doing, look for Target. That's usually your best bet, okay? So if I know that a, a, one of my girlfriends has sick kids on one of the, my many trips to the store during the week, I'll just send her a text, hey, I'm, I'm at the store right now. Can I grab anything for you? It would be easy for me to just drop it off at your house on my way home, and then you don't have to drag your sick kids out. So think about a way that you can make a specific offer. And if that offer is made to you, if you are on the receiving end of that offer, and you really think it would be a blessing to you, say yes. Don't burn yourself out because your pride wants to keep you from accepting someone's help. We don't have to act like, no, 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 I got it. Because do we really? We need other people's help. Okay, so now let's move on and talk about loving other mom friends with our words. I think that it is a truly wonderful thing to be able to be vulnerable with other women. Otherwise, we have to walk around all the time just acting like we have it all together, and that is exhausting. Recently, I went to a community group, and I was chatting with Amanda Hubert before community group, and she asked me something simple like, hey, how's your week going? And I just broke down in tears, and I opened up to her about all these different challenges and struggles that I had been dealing with in parenting that week. Now, this shows two things. One, that I'm emotionally unstable. (laughs) And two, again, that we have a close friendship. I can assure you, had I run into a girlfriend from high school at the grocery store, and she said, hey, how's your week going? I would not have left a trail of tears in the freezer aisle, okay? You can only really do this with people that you are close to. And because Amanda and I are close, I felt the freedom to tell her how my week was really going. How is my week really going? Bad. It's been hard. And here's why. I'm not a good mom all the time. My kids are not obedient all the time, and I can tell you that without fear of embarrassment. She listened to me, and she provided me with encouragement and reassurance, and I walked away from the conversation feeling much better. And so what I want to talk about is how we respond when another mom opens up to us is really important. And when I hear women opening up, I typically notice people responding in one of four ways, okay? And those four ways are mom cliches, advice, a listening ear, and prayer. Okay, so what do I mean by mom cliches? All right, well, Bobby Jean is pregnant right now, okay? I would be willing to bet that she has probably had a conversation like this, and if you've ever been pregnant, maybe you've experienced this yourself, but I would be willing to bet that she's had a conversation that's gone down like this. Hey, Bobby Jean, hey, I see you're pregnant. Congratulations. Yeah, wow, you look great. How have you been feeling? Yeah. I'm just generally, I'm tired. Oh, really? Oh, you think you're tired now? Just you wait. 
Once that baby's born, you're never going to sleep again. (laughs) Mom cliches are phrases like, oh, just you wait. Cherish every moment. Small kids, small problems. Oh, you think you're tired now? Just wait till the baby's born. You think toddlers are defiant? Just wait till they're teenagers. Small kids, small problems. Now, I have not yet raised teenagers, but I can tell you that there are certainly days that my problems do not feel small. Okay, these phrases are often hurtful and not helpful. Essentially, these phrases are a way of saying, whatever you're going through now, it's only going to get worse. Or I've been through worse. It's like kind of a way of one-upping each other, right? Now, even if what you're saying is true, and it may be, it is certainly not helpful or encouraging. Okay? When I was a brand new mom, I used to hate it when people would tell me to cherish every moment. There are some moments as mothers that are really hard to cherish. Am I right? I can remember just being a new mom and being up in the middle of the night, and I was tired, and my baby was screaming, and I'm navigating breastfeeding for the first time, and I would think, I do not cherish this moment right now. And when that phrase would pop into my mind, I would be filled with guilt, thinking, I must not love my baby enough if I can't cherish this very moment that I'm in right now. Now, again, when people are saying that to you, they see a struggling mom, they just say, oh, just try to cherish it. I understand that most of us have said these things or heard these things, and I really believe that people are not trying to be malicious, okay? But we need to choose our words a little bit more carefully and think about how they might make someone feel. There are ways to say the same things or engage in a way that's a little bit more encouraging. Um, I recently had a conversation with Erica Luce, whose kids are, are older than mine. She has teenagers. And um, I was sharing some of the parenting challenges I was facing. We were just kind of casually chit-chatting, and she listened to what I said, and then she said something back like, oh, yeah, I know, that's really hard. And then she followed up by saying, here are some of the things that I'm facing raising teenagers. She didn't make me feel like my problems were smaller or less than hers. She just listened to what I had to say and then shared her own experiences. Now, another way that we can respond in these conversations is by giving advice. Now, I personally am so thankful that I have had the opportunity to get wisdom from other women in motherhood. Whether I've had questions about sleep training or discipline or even just car seat recommendations, I'm really thankful that I've been able to turn to other moms that I know and they've been able to give me help. And I would say for the younger moms in this room, we would do well to listen to the advice of women who are further down the road than us. Proverbs 12.15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. There are lots of opportunities in motherhood to share our experiences with others. This past year, for example, I potty trained my oldest son, And a few months later, I had a lot of friends potty training their own children, and they would call me with questions and just, you know, ask for advice, and I was able to share my experiences with them. That's a very simple, very practical way of helping your friends just kind of by sharing your own experiences. However, I would say that sometimes inundating someone with advice can be overwhelming, okay, which is why I initially said choose your response carefully when someone is opening up to you. So, for example, when your friend is telling you that they are upset because their child got in trouble at school, they're not necessarily asking for your your advice on discipline 
or if a mom mentions that she's had a few sleepless nights with her teething baby, she's not necessarily asking for your best sleep training tips. Sometimes a mom just wants to be able to vent and talk and be heard. So if you're not sure if advice is welcome, you can always ask, are you, are you wanting advice? Would you like to know what's been helpful to me in the past? If you're not exactly sure kind of how to gauge that situation. And if you think that maybe it's one of those situations where advice isn't necessarily welcome, you can always just do, give a listening ear, which is exactly what it sounds like, just letting your friend talk and allowing her to be heard. I know that uh, empathy can go a long way in helping a friend feel better. When I have been going through hard times and I've talked to friends, just hearing things like, I'm so sorry you're going through that. That's really hard. Or I promise you're not the only one that feels this way. Hearing things like that can really provide a lot of encouragement in helping someone feel better. And finally, the last way that we can respond is through prayer. And I would argue that this is never going to be a wrong response. One of the best things that we can do as mom friends is pray for one another, either right there in the moment or later on in your own time. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I can remember when I uh, was pregnant this last time with my youngest son, I was faced with a decision of whether or not I wanted to be induced. I was reaching the end of my pregnancy. I was kind of coming up on my due date, and my, uh, my doctor had given me the option to get induced. And I was really wrestling with this decision because on the one hand, I really wanted my pregnancy to be over. And on the other hand, I really was kind of nervous about the idea of being induced. It just kind of scared me a little bit. And so I was here at church on a Sunday kind of thinking through this dilemma that I had. I had to call him Monday morning and, and give him my decision. And I was chatting with some of the ladies here and just, you know, letting them know I was trying to make that decision. And I remember talking to Candy Campbell about it and kind of telling her I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And she said, you know what? I'm going to pray for you right now. And she sat me down and she prayed for me and asked that God would give me wisdom. She could have responded a lot of different ways. She could have weighed the pros and cons with me. She should have given me advice. She could have just listened but she prayed for me right there in the moment, no hesitation. And I think that that was exactly what I needed. Ultimately, what I needed was God's wisdom to help me make that decision. Prayer is one of the best resources that we have as Christians, as moms, as friends. What a privilege it is to have direct access to God through prayer. What a great feeling to know that you have friends going before God and interceding on your behalf. So if you're ever not sure how you can best love a mom, I would say that this can always be your default prayer. So the final question I want to leave you with today is, how can we empower ourselves to do this? I don't want to leave you this morning with just a long list of things that you should be doing, because you already have enough on your plate. How can we empower ourselves to do this? And I would say that we should focus the eyes of our heart on Jesus. I need to be constantly hearing the gospel I need to be constantly reminded of what Christ has done for me. Why? What does that do for me? How does my heart respond when I fix my eyes on Jesus? Well, for one, I remember that I am a sinner. I am a sinful person. I am a sinful mom. I am impatient, selfish, lazy. I fail my children all the time. But God has been merciful and gracious to me. And when I think about that, when I meditate on what Christ has done for me, 
how gracious God has been to me. It makes me want to be gracious towards others. Ladies, I'm not telling you that you should do these things just because they're good and you should just do them. Think about what Christ has done for you and how can we extend that graciousness to the people in our lives. The other way that my heart responds is that my heart is stirred to worship. It pulls me into Christian community. When I think on what Christ has done for me, I want to go to church. I want to worship. I want to hear God's words preached. I want to be in the presence of other believers. And I really believe that worshiping together bonds us together. It brings us into that kind of close relationship that I've been talking about. Ladies, we need community. We need to be in relationship with one another. If our perfect, all-powerful, self-sustaining, triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, lives in perfect relationship, how much more do we, as weak, limited beings, need to be in relationships? Well, we have a little bit of extra time uh, this morning, and I wasn't really sure how quickly I would speak or how much time we would have left, but I'm guessing we've got a little bit of time left. So what I would like to do in this little bit of time we have left, and I'll promise I'll still leave you time for a break, I would like to put some of this into practice right now. I think that it would be good for us to pray for some of the women in our lives. And I have a particular Delta sister on my mind right now that I think that I would like to be praying for. I would encourage you to as well. I think you probably know who I'm talking about. But if there are other women in your life, or Delta's not your church home, and so maybe you don't know who I'm talking about, that's fine. But think of someone in your life, maybe two people, that you can be praying for. So what I would encourage you to do is, if you'd like to maybe turn to someone next to you, or maybe do like a little small group of two or three, or if you'd like to go find a quiet spot on your own. But I'm just going to ask that we spend a couple of minutes praying for other women in our lives, praying specifically for whatever you think their needs may be. So... Let's do that for just a couple minutes. Like I said, find a spot in the back on your own if you'd like to be by yourself. You can buddy up with somebody. I'll sit up here if anybody would like to come up and pray with me. But I would encourage you to please pray for some of the other women in your life. And then we'll come back in a few minutes and I'll close this out.